Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Israel's desire to expand as we pick up in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 16. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your children shall make haste, your destroyers, and they that made thee waste shall go forth of thee. Lift up thine eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together. They come to thee. As I live, saith the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all as with an ornament, and bind them on thee as a bride doeth. For thy waste and thy desolate places and the land of thy destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants. And they that swallow thee up shall be far away. The children which thou shalt have after thou hast lost the other shall say again in thine ears, The place is too straight for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. Then shalt thou say in thine heart, Who hath begotten me thee, seeing I have lost my children and am desolate, a captive, and removeth to, removing to and fro? And who hath brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? So he speaks about them coming into the land and being prospered and the land being too small for them and their desire to extend and expand their borders. Now, the regathering and the rebuilding of the nation Israel has been a very remarkable thing in our days. And God's purposes are to be fulfilled there. It's exciting because God fulfilled his promise. He's brought them back into the land. They are dwelling there. But they are seeking to expand. They, they say the area that we have is too small. And if you look at it, it is a very small area. Not much. Well, actually, you can drive from one side of Israel to the other in two hours. You can drive from one end to the other in six hours. Gives you an idea of the size of Israel. It's two hours wide and six hours long driving in a car but it's about 5,800 years deep. The history that is there in the land goes back. So God speaks here that they're going to say, hey, we need to expand our borders. There's not enough room. The land will be too narrow for you by reason of the inhabitants. Thus saith the Lord God. Now God here speaks of the judgment he's going to bring on their oppressors. Behold, I will lift up my hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring their sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders, and kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their face toward the earth and lick up the dust of thy feet, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they will not be ashamed that wait for me. The glorious day of Israel's future when the kings of the earth come and pay their homage year by year, shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered, for I will contend with him that contends with you, and I will save thy children. God is saying, I'll fight with those that fight with you. So any nation or any people that opposes the Jew, is not just contending with a race of people. They are contending with the eternal God of heaven. I will feed 
them that oppress thee with their own flesh, and they shall be drunken with their own blood. And as with sweet wine and all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am the Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. The whole world will know it. And of course, God tells us in the day that he destroys the invading Russian army with her allies, shall the whole world know that I am God. And I'll be sanctified before the nations of the earth. Now in chapter 50, another marvelous prophecy of Jesus Christ and of the humiliation that he would receive from his own people. Thus saith the Lord, talking to Israel now, where is the bill of your mother's divorcement whom I have put away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? Behold, for your iniquities have you sold yourselves, and for your transgressions is your mother put away. So God is declaring that the nation was divorced. It was put away because of the transgressions. And that God did not sell them to their enemies. They sold themselves by their own iniquities. They had turned from God, the fountain of living water. They had worshipped the other gods. They sold themselves. Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? When I called, there was none to answer. Is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem, or have I no power to deliver? God said, I called, but you didn't answer. I came, but no one met me. And so Jesus came to his own. His own received him not. He called unto them. They would not respond. Have I no power to deliver? Behold, at my rebuke I can dry up the sea. I make the rivers a wilderness, and their fish stink, because there is no water, and they die for thirst. I clothe the heavens with blackness, and I make sackcloth their covering. The Lord God, and of course here is the prophecy now directly of Jesus Christ, the Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning, he wakeneth my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God hath opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. Now, here is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking as the servant and as the obedient servant of the Father. You remember he said, I came not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. I do always those things that please the Father. Here he said, the Lord God hath opened mine ear. I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. In the Old Testament time, if you were a slave, you served a six-year term of slavery. It was the responsibility of your master to take care of all of your needs. If you were of marriageable age, he could give to you a bride. But in reality, you could own nothing for yourself. 
And so the bride, you really didn't own her, nor the children that were born. They still belong to your master, though you be married to her and you have children by her. Now in the sixth year, after the six years of service, in the seventh year, you could go forth free. But if you say, but I love my wife and I love my children, and, and I love serving here. I want to stay on and I want to serve you. Then he would bring you, he would call the elders of the city, he would bring you to the doorpost of his house. He had taken all and drive it through the lobe of your ear. He would open your ear with the awl. He would pin your ear, right? It just, you, you would be pinned to the doorpost by your ear. And then they would put a gold ring through that pierced ear and you would then be a bond slave, a servant by choice for life. Now, the Lord said, he hath opened mine ear, but I was not rebellious. That is, he submitted himself to the Father's will. And it, it's a, a beautiful picture of the submission of Jesus Christ unto the Father, even to the death of the cross. I gave my back to the smiters. We are told in the scripture that Pilate had him scourged. Now the scourging was a beating of 39 stripes laid across the back of the prisoner with a whip that they called the cat of nine tails whip. It was a leather whip with little bits of cut glass and lead embedded in it that would rip open the flesh. The purpose of the scourgings was to elicit confessions. It was the third degree techniques of the Roman government in order to get confessions from convicted felons in order that they might clear up much of the crime. And a few licks on the back and anybody would confess, even the hardest of criminals. And the idea was with each confession, the next lick would be a little easier, and so it sort of encouraged confessions. A refusal to confess, each lick would be a little harder, again, to encourage confessions. And as a lamb before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He said, I gave my back to the smiters, but he had no sins or crimes against man to confess. And Jesus was scourged by the Roman government. He received 39 stripes laid across his back. We will read more about this and study more about this as we get into the 53rd chapter of Isaiah and we discover there the purposes of God in his being smitten my cheeks also. We are told that they covered his face and they began to buffet him. They began to hit him. And they said, prophesy, who was it that hit you? Now, when you can see a blow coming, you have certain natural reflexes of fainting with that blow so that you more or less cushion the blow by an automatic reflex of pulling your head back as, as you see the blow coming. 
Our bodies are marvelously coordinated. And you can step off of a curb very smoothly because of the coordination of your body. However, if you've ever stepped off and you didn't know the curb was there and your mind was not coordinating the activities of the body to step off gracefully, just six inches can be a horrible jar. When we were over in Israel this last trip, we stayed in the King David Hotel. And in this one fire escape kind of an exit, which we oftentimes use because the elevators were slow, there is one step that is about an inch and a half deeper than the other steps. And we had a lady on our trip who was coming down the steps. And when she came to the one step that was just an inch and a half deeper than the other steps, because her mind was not coordinating, it was coordinating for a six inch step, when she came to the seven and a half inch step, just that extra inch and a half broke her ankle in two places. Because her mind wasn't coordinating to cushion the blow. So our minds have an automatic reflex action. Even as you blink your eyes, there is a certain pulling back reflex when you see a blow coming that cushions the blow. Otherwise, boxers would kill each other all the time in the ring. But you'll see how they are moving, and you do that instinctively and automatically. Now, they covered the face of Jesus so he could not see the blows coming so that he could not instinctively pull back, so that the blows landed on his face with full force until they had beaten him to the place where his face was so bloated and so marred that you look at him and would not even know that he was a human being. We'll get to that in Isaiah 52. Now, here is the prophecy. I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheeks to those who plucked off the hair. They evidently pulled out his beard by the fistful. And with these beatings, his face was so distorted that you could not even recognize him as a human being. And I hid not my face from shame and spitting, now, spitting is a sign in the Oriental culture of total disdain and disgust. Now, the Arabs have quite a disdain many times for American tourists. And we have been spit upon, or at, good dodger. <laughs> but they oftentimes disdain the American tourists there. And especially if they try to sell you something and you say, no, I don't want it, many times they'll spit at you just to show their absolute disgust and disdain. It's just a part of their Oriental culture.
And thus, the Jews not only rejected him, but they spit upon him. My cheeks to the smiters, and I did not hide my face from their shame and their spitting. Isaiah in chapter 52, and really this all comes together. Chapter 50 begins with the humiliation of Christ and goes on through. It said, and as many as saw him were astonished, shocked, and we hid as it were our faces from him. Jesus was not a pretty picture when he redeemed you from your sin. His face was a bloody, bloated mass, swollen and distorted beyond recognition, covered with spit, his back laid open by the beating, a crown of thorns upon his head. And Pilate said, Behold, the man. But you couldn't even recognize that he was a man. And yet, he did it. He endured it. He did not turn away. His ear was opened. He submitted to the will of the Father because he loved you. And who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, though he despised the spitting even as you would and the shame of the whole thing. He despised it, but yet he endured it because his love for you was stronger than anything else. And the joy of being able to wash you and redeem you and to cleanse you from all of your sins was the thing that kept him going in that moment of disgrace and ignominy. How much he loves us. Oh, God, help us to respond to that love. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be confounded. Therefore, I have set my face as flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. His trust was in the Father. He had committed himself unto God and to the will of God completely. He is near that justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is mine adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they all shall wax old as a garment. The moth shall eat them up. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and put his trust upon his God. Behold, all ye that kindle a fire. Now, he, in the last verse, he refers to a little pagan ceremony that they went in, that they, that they did. All of ye that kindle a fire, that put a circle of sparks around you, that you might walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks that you have kindled. This shall ye have of my hand. Ye shall lie down in sorrow. You that have gone after the false gods, you that are worshiping these false idols, you that are worshiping in this false system, this you're going to have from me. You're going to go down in sorrow. I do not know how a Jew can read these scriptures and not recognize that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. I do not know how they can, they can look at these and deny the prophecy of Jesus Christ or the fulfillment of Jesus Christ of these prophecies. 
We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Isaiah on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Isaiah 49 through 50 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Father, we thank you for the great love that you have for us, though we realize how unworthy we are and undeserving. Yet, Lord, you have loved us with an everlasting love, and you have drawn us with your cords of kindness. And, Lord, you sent your Son. How thankful we are. And now, Lord, we receive your love. And, Father, we love you. And we thank you that you chose us, that we should be your disciples, that we should bring forth fruit, that we should serve you and that we should be with you in your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, that you called us. We thank you, Lord, that you have redeemed us in the blood of Jesus Christ and that you have accepted us in him. And now, Lord, we are your children. May we walk as children in this dark and perverse world. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the Lord be with you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you through this week. May the grace of God abound towards thee in all things that you might experience the full richness of his love and of his grace towards you in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In his name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. For years, Pastor Chuck was asked thousands of questions. This new guy that my mom married, he thinks that the Christian beliefs are foolish, and I was wondering if that's going to like affect my mom's walk. I'm a Christian. I'm trying to fight the addiction of smoking, and are those things going to keep me from going in the rapture? Is it okay to use your tithe and give it to someone who's going on a mission trip instead of giving it directly to church? 
The Word for Today is pleased to present an ebook called Biblical Counseling by Chuck Smith, listing over 200 topics that include Pastor Chuck's commentary and the scripture references he used. Topics include addiction, business relationships, depression, lawsuits, sexuality, training children, and so much more. To download the Biblical Counseling ebook by Chuck Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link provided. Or you can call 1-800-272-9673.